Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, today we are transitioning from our series called The Unstuck Spiritual Life. Be sure to go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't had a chance already. We are transitioning to a new series on Lent called Making Art. So as an intro to that series that we are officially beginning next week, we have a very special guest and friend today, Father John Ricardo. Let me tell you a little bit about Father John. He is a priest for the Archdiocese of Detroit. He is the founder and executive director of Acts 29. Father John is a sought-after speaker and author. His most recent book is called Rescued, The Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the Gospel. I know that you're going to love this conversation with Pat and Father John today. I can't wait for you to listen in. A reminder, stick around for the end because I'm going to be sharing a few of our favorite Lent resources for you and your family, and you don't want to miss those. So let's get going. Well, as we mentioned already, our guest today is Father John Ricardo. He's a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit, and as we've mentioned, he's the founder and executive director of Acts 29. He's also a sought-after speaker and author. His most recent book is called Rescued, the Unexpected and Extraordinary News of the gospel. He's also become a friend in real life, which uh, I'm extremely grateful for. And so, Father John, welcome to Root Like Faith. Hey, thanks, my brother. Great to be with you. Absolutely. It feels like, a, it feels like another lifetime when we had lunch. I, I don't even know. That was back before Thanksgiving, uh, I think. And so a lot has transpired since then. But I sure appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us today. Oh, it's a joy. Thanks. I look forward to the conversation. This is a rich topic. Yeah, well, we, you know, we've been talking, you know, last uh, season we did a, a, a short series on Lent. And I would love for, for our conversation today just to be a, an intro of sorts. You know, we're getting ready to enter into the, to the Lenten season, and we're going to be talking about Lent here in the coming weeks and, and um, in some of these episodes that are going to come after our conversation. But I want to begin by just talking about Jesus. If we go wrong there, you know, we, we go wrong <laughs> everywhere else. And so I know Amen. you're a man that loves Jesus. And so I just would love for you to share with our Rue Like Faith family a little bit about your story, uh, how you came uh, to know Christ and, and just really your calling into ministry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'll try to do this really quick because uh, I could talk like you. I could I know. talk about him all day long. Right. Um, so maybe this is the easiest way to say it. I I seriously don't ever remember a time in my life when I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Paul talks about different gifts that we've been given and uh, and, and faith is one of those gifts. And so uh, I think just by God's mercy, for whatever reason, maybe because I just really need it. Um, I think the Lord gave me the supernatural gift of faith as a child. And by that, I simply mean, because trust me, I have not always been obedient to the Lord, which makes my sin all the more uh, grievous. But um, I've just always known the Lord. Mm. I I seriously don't ever remember a time I didn't. Like from a young age, I can remember looking at a cross and knowing that happened for me. And somehow my whole life, needs to be a response to it. And I had no idea what that meant, but yeah. I just knew it. And so I've, I've just kind of always, I, I've lived um, con- constantly conscious of God's presence in my life, which again, in those times in my life, when I, uh, when I wandered from him, I, I, I knew he was there, which makes, you know, 
yeah. rebellion or disobedience all the worse right, right? but yeah. uh, so i'm just grateful for that I've, I've always known him and then at a certain point in my life um you know that obviously matured my parents planted faith in me at a very young age i saw i just saw their life of discipleship and it was so attractive mm-hmm. and i knew i my, my parents were my heroes they they were successful worldly and they were clearly happy but at the uh, at the core of their life was a relationship with the lord and so I just kind of knew, like, well, I guess if I'm going to be happy, I'm, I'm going to have to live that way. Yeah. And um, and then the Lord brought people into my life, which helped that mature. And then at a certain age, maybe like 24, 25, more or less out of nowhere, he just kind of broke into my life and, and asked me to give my life to him as a Catholic priest. And yeah. so I said, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, if, if you have another really plan, you, Lord. Yeah, yeah uh, you got to give me a desire for that, and I think the desire took a day. I mean, I, I I literally think like that happened one day. The next day, I woke up, wow. and I just woke up with this unexplainable, uh, like realization. Like, I want to be a priest. Like, why in the world would I want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, but it was it was something I couldn't run from, and I I've, I've loved it. So I've been a priest twenty five, almost twenty six years now. And, wow. Um, beyond grateful to God. Yeah, I love that. I know when we were having lunch, we, you, sharing my story. I mean, my story is somewhat similar from the standpoint that that you know, I mean, from a young age as well. I think I was sharing with you. Like, I just remember being a, a young. I don't know whether I was seven or eight years old, and I just loved to read the Bible, mm-hmm. and just always had just a, a love for for the Lord, and and had an interest and even a hunger for, for spiritual things. And, and so I'm like you, I just thank God for, for the grace that uh, he has shown me over the years and for his patience, you know, with me, um, like you said, it, it makes, um, the rebellion or the running from God, uh, all, all that more grievous. And, and so I just, yeah, can identify, um, for sure, um, with just the Lord's goodness and his pursuit, you know, of you. And, um, and you're, I, I should, we talk Michigan football a lot on the podcast. And so I just feel like I need to point out you are a U of M grad, correct? I am a U of M grad. Yes. Okay. I just uh, it was a wonderful year. <laughs> Might not have ended great, but it was a wonderful it year. It was a so. wonderful year. I'm still getting over that. I, I, I was rooting for Georgia because it, it makes that loss um, a little bit easier to swallow. I uh, watched the coin toss and I saw the size of Jordan Davis and I went, <laughs> we don't have a chance. I know, right? <laughs> but hey, it was a good year, Lord. Thanks. So I just That's sat right. back and enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, let's, let's transition now to, you know, talking specifically about Lent and, you know, as we've talked about before, I I think that there really is kind of a renewed interest amongst Protestants in particular, um, around the, you know, just the observance of, of Lent. And yet this is nothing new. Um, you know, the vast majority of the church has observed Lent, um, throughout church history, you know, whether Catholic, Orthodox, and even many Protestants. And so there just seems to be a, a real renewed interest amongst many Protestants uh, around Lent. And so I'd love for you just to kind of speak to some of the basics of Lent. I mean, what is Lent? Um, where do you see this beginning to to emerge amongst followers of Jesus? And why is Lent so important for us today? Yeah, those are great questions. There's so many ways we could come at this, right? So just from like a historical perspective, one of the ways to think about it is obviously from the very beginning, Easter becomes... Uh, the focal point of the church, what Jesus has done in his resurrection. And then um, really quickly, there becomes this time of, as people are discerning coming into the body of Christ, I mean, it was, with the exception of, say, like the jailer in Philippi, 
um, who has a rather hasty conversion experience, um, the normal experience of somebody coming into communion with the Lord um, was a rather intense time of scrutiny. And so there was this um, early on in the church, this prolonged experience where people who were considering um, being baptized, because nobody was baptized, um, going through preparation, prayer, um, exorcisms, um, really hearing about, you know, to become a disciple of Jesus is big stuff. Are you sure? Because it's going to mean you're not going to be at all sorts of, you know, public celebrations, and which means people are going to notice you're not there for the empire or whatnot, and this could cost you your life. And so that's kind of something like that is the origin of this time, which was primarily focused on those who were preparing to be baptized, going through intense scrutiny. But then also, you know, as as kind of uh, years go on, it was a time where those who are already baptized, who were in the church, were looking at it as a time of, hey, I should probably re-examine my own life right mm-hmm. now too. How right. am I walking with the Lord? Uh, and so that was that was part of the origins, right? I think you know maybe too one of the things that hits me. I remember having a, a long conversation. So I have three sisters uh, who became evangelicals when I was. Uh, a teenager. And um, I remember having a conversation with one of my brother-in-laws one time about, you know, like the quote unquote church year, you know, so like in the Catholic church, a liturgical season. And he didn't understand it. And I says, well, here's one of the gifts that I've come to experience is the beauty of having um, something like a rhythm to a year is I don't, I get opportunities uh, to just focus in on particular moments of Jesus's life in an extended way. Yeah. And so Lent is this you know, long season before Easter, and it's got two fo- uh, foci, if you will, two focal points. One is an, an initial time of like uh, conversion, repentance, examination of my heart, you know, really just kind of, it's, a, it's an extended meditation really on, on Psalm 51, just created me, yeah. oh God, a clean heart. Yeah. But then the second part is honing in on the passion, and just spending intentional time lingering over the scriptures um, that are just um, uh, helping us to soak ourselves in the events of Holy Week and then uh, Easter, of course. And that's just a tremendous grace, right? Like we, we need to meditate on the passion all the time. Yeah. Because it, it leads us to be more grateful. Yep. Yep. It, it's interesting to me that that you have, I think, like I remember growing up and, you know, some of my closest friends were Catholic. And I think my perception was that this is just a season where you give up something you really love. Um, <laughs> like, like that was just sort of my, my perception and, and you'll, you'll appreciate this. Um, you know, the, the first year, um, that, that we really sort of observed Lent in a more intentional way was just a couple years ago. In fact, it was just before, uh, COVID hit. And I remember I thought, well, okay, I'm going to do what, what I know about Lent, which was very minimal at the time. And I'm, I'm going to give up what I love. And I love Chipotle. Like I could eat Chipotle every single day. Um, and so what a terrible idea. I thought, you know, I'm going to give that up and I can, I can do it for 40 days. And then COVID hit and everything shut down. I realized my, my 40 days of fasting from Chipotle was going to be a lot longer than that. 
Um, and I can't remember what the total was, but I, I can't even tell you how good that burrito was when, when they finally <laughs> exactly. reopened stores. Um, but anyway, all that to say, I think oftentimes that that's the perception of, of what Lent is. It's this, it's this giving up. It's, you know, I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat a burrito whatever it is, but, but it's, it's obviously way more than that, isn't it? Yeah. So tragically, I'm afraid for many people, that's all it is. Right. So that's, there's a truth to that, which is really unfortunate, but it's not what it's supposed to be. Cause all that is then is an extended time to like grow in self-discipline. And there's a lot of value in that, yep. but that's not the point of Lent, you know? So the point is again, to, if I don't emerge from Lent, looking more like Jesus, mm -hmm. meaning loving the father and loving my neighbor, uh, then whatever I did was a failure. Yeah, you know, I might've yeah. lost some weight. I might've showed, Hey, I can go without coffee for 40 days, uh, which I did one year and I'll never do again. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody around me said, it's growing and sharing. That's right. Give up something else next year. <laughs> Have some coffee. Um, <laughs> Yeah, then it's a failure, you know? So this isn't about us. This isn't a self-help program or a chance for those of us who live in cold weather to get in shape before we put on shorts. It's um, it's all about growing in charity and growing in virtue and growing in faith. Yeah. I, I just was thinking about, you know, Romans 6 as you're talking about that and just Paul's words of you know, being baptized in Christ and being buried with him and, and raised to new life. And, and so much mm -hmm. of what you're talking about is is just that, that theme um, you know, Paul says, count yourselves dead, you know, to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, you know, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desire. Don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life. Um, yeah. and that's really what you're talking about, right? I mean, just that, that, you know, that, um, season of intentionally asking God through, through his spirit to search us and, and, uh, to repent of sin. And uh, so that we might emerge, um, at, at the Easter season, um, looking more and more like Jesus, experiencing that, that resurrection life that he has for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be sure we all like who of us doesn't need more self-restraint, right? You know, and who of us doesn't, you know, I, I, you mentioned that passage in Romans. It always makes me think of, uh, Romans 12 too, and just mm -hmm. offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. And I remember, uh, I forget which commentator says, you know, the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and it's so like every day, like I have to crawl back on the right. altar. And if we're honest with ourselves, like there's a lot in me that needs to die. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's a, there's a lot in me that needs to surrender either anew or for the first time, there's some stuff you know, no matter how long we've been walking with the Lord or, or how shortly, there's some things that without an awful lot of reflection and prayer that the Lord just says, hmm, yeah. uh, why don't we why don't we talk about that? Because because yeah. that's not helping you grow in freedom and live in freedom. And my desire for you just to be is to be free. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking, the, I don't know what got me thinking about this the other day, but um, but I was thinking about just that idea of virtue and, you know, growing in holiness or righteousness and in so much of that, you know, obviously we, we talk about that as it relates to us personally or individually, but, but there's this whole, you know, social or relational part of that, isn't there? I mean, this idea that, that, you know, virtue and holiness and righteousness has benefit for us that, that God through his spirit is setting us free and from all of the things that, that are dead and dying in our life that are, that are robbing us of, of the life that God wants for us. And yet it also robs us of being able to, to give, um, 
you know, our best, I think, is what the church has taught, you know, to others, to those mm-hmm. around us, right, to, to free mm-hmm. us. And so this this idea of living virtuously, you know, in virtue or righteousness or holiness frees us to love God, but also frees us to love others well, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that's actually a concept I've been, um, I and our team in, in Acts 29 have been talking a lot about, mm-hmm. like, you know, what is it about holiness that that's bigger than we than we tend to to think of it. Right. So we have that kind of limited understanding, like you just mentioned, like almost like untainted by the world. Right. You know, like I'm I'm pure, whatever that however we understand that. But there's another component to it. And for me it's always it's it's embodied in Mary in Luke uh, one mm. where where Mary just responds to the angel, you know, colloquially, whatever you want to do to me do to me right yeah and like so there's this um understanding of holiness for me more and more that's just i want to be available lord to hear your voice and to do what you want to do in and through me in the world yeah so that the world might be more and more called back to conformity with the plan that you intended for it and that you be that your son began with his resurrection that recreation that he began yeah yeah that's good really good. I, so uh, let's talk a little bit about ways that people typically enter into this season the wrong way. We've kind of touched on that already, but but what are ways that that somebody might enter into, and we're going to end, you know, here in just a little bit on some practical things that somebody can do if this is the first time maybe they're, they're going to observe Lent, but what are some wrong ways that people tend to enter into this season in the wrong way? Yeah, I think, well, I I think we mentioned it, but just to say it again, if it's um, the main the main wrong way would be uh, it, it it's just about personal self discipline. Yeah. yeah. So what we want to do is uh, I want to I want to and we can talk about some practical things here in a second, but I want to enter into this with okay, what's the focal point? You know, like what's the end in mind? We're doing this in order to what? Well, right. we're doing this in order to grow in charity, to grow in faith, to grow in hope. Uh, to grow in a deeper walk with the Lord, to to grow in a deeper understanding of His passion and what He's accomplished for me. Oh, okay. We're not doing it in order to see how long I can go without doing whatever. Yep. Yep. No, that's that's really good. I, I think again, so many um, of my friends growing up, it just it felt like that was the um, that was the goal. Um, you know, that was the priority, and yet that's such a a different perspective um, as you enter into um, into Lent. Um, I'd love for you to kind of speak to the um, you know just to I think to the point that. You mentioned earlier that that really you know Lent again is that that forty days of preparation. It's it's leading up into Easter, and if if we don't enter Easter more like Jesus, more in love with Him, more like Him, um, then we've really missed the point of Lent. But speak again to just I think the importance of um, of keeping our eye on Easter as we go through Lent. I mean, why is it so important that we that we do keep our eyes on? Resurrection Sunday or on Easter as we go through this particular season, this 40 days of preparation? Yeah, well, I heard one, one person say one time, uh, you'll get out of Easter what you put into Lent. Mm. So, That's good. Um, in other words, like the more I really enter into this season with, I mean, like obviously the Lord has risen and he's triumphed over sin and death and he's crushed Satan's head and 
and he's begun the recreation of the universe and all these things that he began on Easter Sunday that we're going to celebrate. But, but we don't, most of us anyway, we don't uh, take concentrated time to think about those as deeply as we should. And so um, with that in mind, like, okay, Lord, I want to, I want to know like the, the slavery of death. I want to know the slavery of sin. Um, I want to like, just be aware of those more intensely in this season of Lent so that when we get to the point of celebrating Easter Sunday and then the Easter season, which dwarfs the Lenten season, I mean, it's longer than Lent. Now I have this newfound uh, gratitude, um, surrender, joy, um, just totally disposable because of what it is that you've done. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it... so to help with that, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've increasingly found over the last number of years as a great companion for Lent, as I'm going through each day, is just to linger over Exodus. So read Exodus mm, yeah. as you start the season of Lent, because Exodus is the type, right, of the deliverance from slavery that the Lord gives us from the the tyranny of uh, of Satan and and his yeah. uh, oppression, right? Yeah. No, that's. That's so good. I, I love um, that. That thing. I mean, how much of, of just our loss of the seriousness of sin affects how we approach Lent? I mean, you just sort oh, of... I think it's the it's it's the biggest. Somebody yeah. said once it's the biggest sin. Actually, it's mm-hmm. the loss of the seriousness of sin. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you then you see the passion of the Christ, and you see Jesus getting scourged, and it's right. like, oh, that's what that means. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you realize, I don't think I take sin seriously enough. Yep. Like it cost God His life. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so good. I, I, I think that that I don't remember, um, you know, who it was. If it was one of the the Eastern fathers who said this is sort of shifting gears a little bit, but but yeah, talked about that transition from Lent and just the seriousness of sin and being set free from sin to then enjoying you know the celebration of of Easter. But they talked about, I think the phrase that he used was that um, spring comes slowly. Uh, and I, and I believe that he was using that phrase as a way of describing just the spiritual journey, uh, growth transformation, mm-hmm. you know, just that idea that, that even when you think about Lent on the calendar, you know, it starts in these cold, dark, you know, days of, of winter and, and moves slowly yet steadily towards, you know, spring towards resurrection towards Easter. And, um, and I, I believe he was using that as an analogy or just an illustration that, um, so much of the spiritual life is like that, um, that it's, it's slow. It's this lifelong journey, uh, this process of, of being dead in our sins, being made alive by Christ. And, and yet spring, it moves slowly, but, but spring is coming. And I just have always loved, um, that language and, and what it communicates when we think about, you know, just growing in Christ likeness, cause it's easy to get discouraged, uh, it's easy to look at our own sin. It's easy to look at, at the cross and and come to the awareness of what it really cost God, um, and and yet to fall into sin again. And and so it's such an encouragement at the same time to be reminded of God's grace and and uh, God just just the way that He pursues us and is patient with us. Um, but I've always loved that phrase: uh, "Spring comes slowly." Yeah, the, and the vine grower is patient. Mm, right? yep. you know, yep. I, I was just reading, just thinking, anticipating. Uh, the conversations in, in Easter uh, in the scriptures and hearing you talk about that. I was just reading the other day a, 
a favorite reflection of mine on the conversation between Jesus and Peter uh, after the resurrection, the first conversation that we have, right, in John 21, mm. um, where, where Jesus asks him over and over again, do you love me, right, the three times. Right. And yeah. he just makes the observation, you know, like when, when, when Simon hears Jesus call his name, he, he, he knows like what in the world is about to happen. I'm going to get dressed mm. down, I know. Yeah. And, of course, the question is, do you love me? And mm-hmm. the the uh, the author simply makes the observation: Who on earth would have expected that question? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the question we expect is: What have you done? Yeah. Yep. But that's not the question Jesus asks to Simon or to me or to you. The question is: Do you love me? Mm-hmm. And um, so, thanks be to God. Uh, you know, I think we or at least I, I'm often like, why do I struggle so much? Like, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. And the Lord looks at me and says, what makes you think you're an adult? You're a child. <laughs> you know, you're a child. You're a frail, broken man. Right. And, and you and I are not peers. You desperately need me. Mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that, Lord. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's so, so good. Um, let's, let's end with just some kind of practical things that somebody can do, you know, for maybe entering into this season for the first time, you know, as it was mentioning before, there might be um, a fair amount of our listeners that, that already observe Lent, but there might be a fair amount that this is the first time that, that they're going to kind of enter into this season in a more intentional way. And so what are some real practical things that somebody could do if they want to observe Lent, you know, this coming season? Yeah, uh, so three things, uh, typically, anyway, or classically, are observed in Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, so uh, one of the things to, to just look at is, okay, so I want to I like build um, a plan, if you will, uh, for this season that's going to in- increase these three things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend more intentional, deliberate time in prayer. And maybe I'm going to ask the Lord, maybe I'll break it up into two ways. I'm going to spend a couple of weeks just almost like approaching the Lord as if he's a physician. And um, like I had this image uh, a couple of years ago at the start of Lent. There's this uh, work, this place where I live, the church where I live. There's this really um, like cracked statue. Uh, it's chipped. It's, the paint's faded, whatever. And I felt like the Lord said, that's you. Mm. And and what I want to do is I want to I want to touch you up. I want to refinish you. I want to I want to refurbish you. I want to restore you. And so we're almost like putting ourselves as, you know, either sick people, which we all are, or cheap works of art sometimes into the hands of the master and just saying, "Lord, what area of my life do you want to expose so that you can refurbish?" Yeah you know, bring back to the original plan. So um, that's a, that's an initial thing to think about in prayer. Just like yep. ask the Lord, like, sh- give me a spiritual MRI of myself. Mm-hmm. What, what are the things you want to work on, Lord? And that's a really important question because otherwise we'll go into Lent with, well, these are the things I want to work on. But ask him, Lord, what do you want to work on in me? But then make sure that in our prayer, um, and especially in our reading of scripture, that as we get, you know, like, halfway through the season anyway we just start immersing ourselves and soaking daily in the stories leading into the passion so that when we get to easter we have given the holy spirit ample time to just 
meditate within us on what it is that Jesus did. Yeah. So that that's that's something concrete that we can do for prayer, maybe. Um, fasting is um, there's two things about fasting. One, Jesus doesn't say if you fast; he says when you fast. Right. So the expectation that it is that as disciples we are going to fast. Why? For me, there's always been two reasons. One is um, because you hear better. Hmm. Yep. You know, so when you, it's like nobody wants to give the talk after lunch, right? Because <laughs> everybody's just zoned <laughs> right. out. So spiritually too, like when I have, when I'm hungry physically, my ears hear better spiritually. Mm. Yep. And and the the, the you know. Christians down through the ages have known this, right? So the world's fasting for crying out loud. We should be fasting as, yeah. as uh, disciples. So it helps me here. But the other thing it does is it helps me love. And so I think a huge part of Lent is whatever we're going to either take on or give up, do it for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up wine. And I'm going to give it up, not simply so that I can give up wine. I'm going to do it as an act of love for somebody else. Hmm. Paul says, you know, we fill up in our own flesh what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church in Colossians. That's the principal biblical text for me always. And like Jesus is the only savior of the world, obviously, but he allows me to participate in his work. Like he wants me to work with him, you know? Uh, And so it's fasting is this, simple act of love like there's nothing wrong with having you know a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or dessert but you could give it up for somebody else maybe it's a family member who's walked away from the faith or who's struggling with something or somebody who's sick right now whatever it might be um and then lasting last uh practical discipline is almsgiving you know so many of us probably tithe all of us should tithe but almsgiving is up uh, above and beyond tithing. And uh, there's a bizarre passage in the gospel where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he, he he's rebuking them. And then he says, but give alms and all will be well with you. Hmm. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? So... Um, I think uh, St. John Chrysostom, who's one of the great uh, fathers of the church uh, in the East, he says, you know, God is not honored by your fancy chalices and uh, art and vessels in your worship if you leave worship and you pass him by on the street and you don't give him anything. Mm. And I don't know about you, but where I live, I'm constantly surrounded by people who are in need. And uh, I'm given all sorts of opportunities to, to be generous. So almsgiving is, a, is, again, one of these ways which from the beginning the church has just understood as this is a way to, uh, to minister to Jesus, first of all, in his, in his distressing disguise. This is Matthew 25, right? When I was hungry, you gave me food and uh, Remember Keith Green from long ago? Oh, yeah. you know, like, yep. Lord, when, when did we see you hungry? <laughs> That's right. You know? um, like, he, he makes a point in telling that parable, like, you are not going to realize that that was me. Yeah. And so we need to see him 
in quote unquote his uh, distressing disguise and reach out. So, so prayer, fasting, almsgiving, those are some yeah. real practical things just to think about doing. Yeah. So good. No, thank you for, for sharing, um, you know, those very practical ways, you know, biblical ways for us to enter into, to this season. We'll, we'll link to some resources as well in, in the show notes for those that, that um, want to take a look at those at, as well. But um, this has been just a really, really good conversation. And I, I know you are uh, incredibly busy. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be on Root Like Faith today and, and to talk through, um, you know, Lent and just praying that, that this is a really rich season uh, for you and, and for our listeners as, as we you know, prepare to enter into uh, the Lenten season. Uh, of course, marching towards uh, Easter. And so I'd love, I put you on the spot here, but as, as we close, um, would you mind just praying for our, our listeners and uh, just pray specifically uh, for them as uh, they, they enter into this season, as we begin to set our, our sight on, on uh, Easter, which is not too terribly um, far away. But if you wouldn't mind doing that, oh, that would be, would be great. Yeah. Father, we just ask right now that uh, you would Send your spirit upon us, not, uh, not only at this moment, but in these days which are about to begin, mm-hmm. that we would understand like never before what it is that Jesus has accomplished mm-hmm. for us in his passion, death, and resurrection, mm-hmm. what it is he's freed us from, who it is he's gone to battle mm-hmm. against for us, uh, that you would show us those areas in our lives where we're not in conformity with you. Well, we're not living free, mm-hmm. uh, where you want to liberate us, where you want to give us life. Lord, we just pray that everything we do in these days uh, would be done very intentionally and deliberately in such a way that our eyes are constantly fixed on you. Mm-hmm. And we emerge at Easter with greater gratitude, uh, greater awareness of what's happened, uh, greater knowledge, not just in our heads, but in our hearts of the fact that all of this was personal, that you did Mm -hmm. this for us, that we're your beloved sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. So let this season be one that's rich in grace and uh, one in which we experience uh, your spirit just moving powerfully within every fiber of our being and emerging with greater joy, greater faith, Mm -hmm. hope, and love. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you again for, for being on today. Look forward to being with you here in another couple of weeks. But um, thank you again for being on Root Like Faith. My joy. Thanks. God bless. Oh, that was so good, wasn't it? We are so, so grateful that you joined us for this conversation. As I mentioned at the beginning, we wanted to share with you a few of our favorite resources for Lent. So Lent starts in a week, so you have some time to grab a Lenten devotional or some other resource if you want to observe Lent this year with us. Let me just share a few of our favorites, and I'll also make sure that we put it in the sh- we put them in the show notes. Um, the first one is Journey to the Cross. It's a 40-day Lenten devotional by Paul Tripp. The second one is by a friend of mine, Ashrita, and it's called Uncovering the Love of Jesus. And the third one, and I did this one last year and just loved it, To Seek and to Save, Daily Reflections on the Road to the Cross by Sinclair Ferguson. So I'll make sure that I um, put those in the show notes so that you can check them out if you want. 
Well, if we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And again, don't forget everything that Pat was talking about with Father John and the Lenten devotionals that I recommended. Those will all be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. Again, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. And would you do us a big favor and leave us a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends? It just takes a second and it is a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith. Oh, and be sure to tag us on social media when you do that. We love, love, love to see it and we love to share it as well. We're so grateful for your help in getting the word out. All right, friend, well, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.